We are finally back together after a long period of no classes taking place, at least during the week. We are back in the Rambam's Mishnah Torah. I'm going to do my best to make sure that we keep time also for the Rambam as well as for the Shulchan Aruch. For those who don't have our uh, Rav Kapach Rambam, it's not crucial to have it yet. We'll go through some footnotes, but not today. Uh, if you just want to follow along on Sefaria or any other website that has uh, Rambam's introduction to the Mishnah Torah, you are more than welcome to do so. We're in the introduction of the Mishnah Torah, in which the Rambam is now shifting over from the prophets that gave us the Torah, the transmission of the oral law, from Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe, our teacher who received it from the Creator, all the way through the prophets. And the last uh, group that we focused on were the Anshei Knesset HaGedonah, the men of the Great Assembly. It's a beautiful edition of the Rambam's Mishnah Torah that I just received as a gift from uh, dear friends, Hanan and Naamat Tayyib. I think it's a good time to tell them thank you very much. This good mitzvot. The Rambam writes the following. If you're in the Rav Kapach Mishneh Torah, we're on page Lamed Chet. Lamed Chet. And we're up to the brackets where it says Zayin. Bet Dino Shel Ezra. The Bet Adin, the rabbinic court of Ezra. Hen Hanikra'in. They are those who are called the men of the great assembly. And we maybe have four or five shiurim before this one, which discuss the nature of the men of the great assembly and the revolution that they brought to Jewish life. They are Chagai, Zechariah, Malachi. These are three prophets. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah. ben and along with these prophets were also a large group of chachamim, sages. Tashlum So it comes to the sum total of 120 zekenim, 120 elders. And we discussed then the importance of Dan Shaykh how they revolutionized Judaism and gave us essentially what we have today. And this was a period of history that started with the Nevi'im and ended up with the Chachamim, with the sages. And essentially our rabbis teach us that Chacham Adif Minavi, that a sage is more preferable, I guess you don't need more preferable, a sage is preferable to a prophet. And we discuss then the difference between sages and prophets. Hacharon Mihem, the end of this group of 120 Zikinim, Hu Shimon HaTzadik, is Shimon the Righteous. Otherwise known as Simon the Just. Shimon HaTzadik. The 120 is an interesting number. We just celebrated Yom HaTzmaut. And the Knesset tried to model itself. And the name, Anshei Knesset Gedona, 120 uh, people. I don't know if you could call them Zekinim. I definitely you can't call them Nevi'im. Chachamim. Depends, I guess, who, which Knesset. I think they've done elections uh, five times this year. Maybe by time 17, they'll become Chachamim. And then we'll have a, a normal Knesset. But for right now... This idea of 120 is where they got that number from, it seems, uh, from the Anshei Knesset HaGedonah. 
It's just that no one thinks that I have anything against uh, the Knesset. You know, when you work in politics, it's like certain professions, you know. I heard that being a trash collector, I'm sure there's a fancy name for this, waste management. It's a great job. They pay well. There are benefits, holidays, weekends. But at the end of the day, you drive around the truck in the middle of August with trash, you're going to smell like it also. The Knesset doesn't make a difference. You're a good guy. You're a bad guy. You come in the Knesset. At the end of the day, you're going to smell like everybody else who's there. And he was from the 120 people. So Shimon HaTzadik was not the generation after Nanshei Knesset Gedolah. He was the generation of Nanshei Knesset Gedolah. He was the last. He was number 120. And he received the oral law from all of them. And he was the Kohen Gadol. He was the high priest after Ezra HaSofer, Ezra the scribe. This paragraph is what I wish to focus on tonight. I don't recall if I mentioned that tonight's show is sponsored by Alan and Dina Sigmund Lunishmat, their grandparents, who have Askarot this week. I sent a PDF out by the Google Classroom. If you look at the Zoom invitation in the Google Classroom, at the bottom of the Zoom invitation, you should find a document that says Shimon HaTzadik on it. When Yitzchak edits this video, I will ask him forgiveness for moving around so much. I have here a few different pieces. I believe the first source that I brought for you over there was the source from Rabbi Yosef Masas in the Chalat Avot. So what you want to do, I don't have the PDF in front of me. If you just follow along the page numbers, I'm assuming it's page 2, which would say 194 at the top right of the page on that PDF. Do you have it? Anyone need help finding it? If you go to the Google Classroom, there's a Zoom invitation. At the bottom, it says Attachments. You should click on the one that says Shimon HaTzadik. This derasha of Rabbi Yosef Masas is a collection of lectures that he gave in his synagogue in Haifa. He writes, Moray verabotai, my masters, ladies and gentlemen, Ani terem edaber lefaresh divrei kodsho, He's giving a speech on the topic of Perkei Avot, Ethics of Our Fathers. If you look at the top of the page, it says, Shimon HaTzadik, Shimon the Righteous, Hayam Mishyarei Kenes He was from the remnants of the men of the Great Assembly. Hu Haya Omer, he used to say, Al Shelosha Devarim HaOlam Omed. The world rests, it stands on three things. Al HaTorah, Ve'al HaAvodah, Ve'al Giminut Chasadim. On Torah, study, on the service of the Creator, which is prayer, and on doing acts of kindness to others. 
Rabbi Yosef Masas writes the following. Amarti b'seyatadish mayai, desire with HaKadosh Baruch Hu's help, lohodiachem to let you know divrei amav, a little bit about the history of Shimon HaTzadik. Hu hayam mehanisharim. Shimon HaTzadik was from the leftovers, the remnants, the hainu ha'acharon shebahem, meaning the last of the Anshei Knesset HaGedonah. V'hu v'hem kiblu yachad me'nevi'im. And they together received their uh, oral law from the prophets. That's slightly different than what the Rambam says. The Rambam says that he received his oral tradition from them. And Rabbi Yosef Masas here seems to be saying he received his oral tradition with them. No, no, that doesn't make a difference. V'hadetane mishyareh. And the reason why the author of this Mishnah didn't write that he was the last of the men of the Great Assembly. Rather, he wrote he was from the remnants. In Hebrew, It's teaching us about his humility. He always treated himself like Shiraim uh, in Hebrew is the leftovers. If you ever spoke to a Hasidic person, who goes to their Rebbe for a tish on a Friday night. I don't know if you've ever been to such an experience. Listen, something I'm for or not, you have to try it once in your life. You come to a room, there's a Rebbe and bleachers and thousands of Hasidim, and the Rebbe has his dinner in public. I don't actually understand it all. My wife, she's the Hasidic one in the family. She could explain at a different moment what is the significance behind the tish. But essentially, it's two hours after your meal, you come back to the Bedeknes. Everybody watches the Rebbe, the Grand Rabbi, eating his food. And he takes a little bit of the fish. I was once in a tish. And what did the Rebbe do? I'm not going to tell you which Rebbe it was. He grabs the fish with his hands. He grabs the fish and he starts passing it down the table. So let's say you get a piece of salmon, imagine. And you put it in your hand. You pass it to the next guy. You pass it to the next guy. You pass it to the next guy. There's 3,000 people in the room. Person number 3,000, that's you. Because, you know, you look like me. You're standing in the back of the room. Uh, you're holding this piece of salmon that has been in 3,000 people's hands. And now they're looking at you, eat it. You know, there's oil dripping down your fingers, you've got on it. And this is a, they call that food, the, the leftovers of the Rebbe food, they call it Shirayim. I hope I didn't convince anybody now not to become a Hasid. It's a, there's more to it than that. So he would make himself like the Shirayim, like the, the leftovers of the other members of the Knesset Gedonah. For those of you who are familiar with names in the Tanakh, he, who's he? Shimon HaTzadik was the son of Yehoshua, the son of Yehoshadak, who was the high priest himself. And Achiv Shul Ezra Sofer, who was the brother of Ezra the scribe. So there's a family relation here also with Anshei Knesset Gedona. Shimon HaTzadik Shimesh Bekihuna Gedola 40 Shana. Shimon HaTzadik involved himself in the Kihuna Gedola he was the high priest for 40 years. He was the head of the Sanhedrin. And he was an officer. And he supervised many of the matters of the city of Jerusalem and the Temple Mount. Has anyone here ever heard of Ben Sirah? Do you know who I'm talking about when I say Ben Sirah? Someone share with me who is Ben Sirah. Mishle, like kind of in that style, like wisdom statements and so on, because Owen 
uh, authorship, and it's included in the Apocrypha. You'll find it in the Catholic Bible. That's right. But we remember we mentioned in uh, Hanukkah time. Was it Hanukkah time or? Yeah, we discussed the different books of the Apocrypha. Sfarim uh, Chitzonim in Hebrew. Uh, who was he though? Who was uh, Ben Sira? Right. Okay. So he's he's an interesting personality, and not exactly from the realm of the Chachamim. Though our Chachamim quote him extensively, there is quotes from Ben Sinan the Talmud. There are Geonim and Rishonim who who quote him. If you look in chapter fifty of Ben Sirah, it's all about Shimon Tzadik. He writes beautiful things, and Sephardic people would say. He recited the whole Halel on him. Every, every praise you possibly could say about Shimon HaTzadik is written there in Ben Sirah chapter 50. I think I saw that Safaria has the book Ben Sirah. It's in Hebrew, but translated partially into English. So I don't know about chapter 50. And so I wish to discuss with you today a little bit about the life of Shimon HaTzadik, who this personality was, and what he brought to the table that we possibly can learn from for those who expect Shulchan Aruch class to start at 9 o'clock, you're in for a surprise. You'll get there. The next book that you have in front of you, what is, what's the next book in the PDF? Chacham uh, Yosef? What's the next book called? Okay, Anaf Etzavot is of Rabbi Bar Yosef. There's a commentary of Rabbi Bar Yosef on Perkei Avot. Uh, so that must be page 4. Is that page 4, the cover page? Yeah, so then look at page 5. It should say Zayin at the top of the page. Hamodei Yosef shows here. Shimon HaTzadik. Look in the left column in the middle of the page. Shimesh Bekiunai Gedola Arbaim Shana. Like we learned already, he spent 40 years as the Kohen Gedol. Ukmo Shamu Biyoma. Like our rabbis say in Masechet Yoma. Amar Biyohanan. Biyohanan is trying to elaborate on a pasuk. Zemikdash Rishon Shamad Arba Meot Ve'eser Shanim. The first temple stood for 410 years. Velo Shimshu Bo Ela Shnei Masar Kohanim Gedolim. And in the first temple, which stood for 410 years, we had 12 Kohanim Gedolim, 12 high priests. Mikdash Sheni, Shamad, Arbamod, Vesrim Shana, the second temple, which stood for 420 years, Veshimshubo Yoter Mishloshmod Kohanim Gedolim. And there were more than 300 Kohanim Gedolim in that 420 year span. Now we know about the Kohan, Kohen Gedol. We're reading now, Parshat Emor, Va'kohen ha'gadol me'echav. He's the greatest of the Kohanim. The high priest, the Kohen Gadol, enters into the Holy of Holies in Yom Kippurim. And if he's righteous, he comes back out again. And if not, uh, then he doesn't. It says that most of them lost their Shana. Very good. 
That's right. And now he's going to explain to us. So, so I'll do the math. From 420 years, you have 40 years that Shimon HaTzadik was the Kohen Gadol. And 80 years that Yohanan Kohen Gadol was the high priest. And the 10 years, that Rabbi Shmael was Kohen Gadol for another 10 years. And another uh, 11 years that Rabbi Elazar was the Kohen Gadol. The years that are left over after this counting, every one of those 300 Kohanim Gedolim, except for the ones we just mentioned, they didn't survive the year. Every one of them died on Yom Kippurim. If you're familiar with anything about Second Temple history, uh, the Ben Mikdash was the seat of corruption for much of that period. You had groups of Kohanim who were selling honors to anybody who wanted to be a Kohen Gadol. You had already the Jewish people splitting up into groups of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Essenes and the, uh, the Minim and all the different groups that were breaking off at that time. Not to mention the Shomonim who are from before and, and the Kutim. And talking now about the new groups that are on the Jewish scene. It's chaos. But Shimon HaTzadik in this chaotic period was one who held the post for 40 years. Jump with me a few pages forward. You should see an English title page of this book. Um, the Encyclopedia of Talmudic and Gaonic Literature. The Cham who wrote this book was uh, Dr. Mordechai Margaliot. Together with a team of rabbis, The page I'm looking for should say 866 at the top left of the page. Do you see that? 866. Harishon, Shimon HaTzadik, the entry in the middle left column. Shimon HaTzadik, and if you have a hard time following along the Hebrew, just listen to the translations. Shimon HaTzadik is Harishon b'chachmei ha-Torah, ha-yadua b'shmo, b'tkufa, shlachar chatimat kitvei ha-kodesh. Shimon HaTzadik is the first sage who's known by name. So not an anonymous Anshei Knesset Tegedullah, men of the Great Assembly, but it's the first sage identified by name after the sealing of what they call the Holy Scriptures, the Kitvei HaKodesh. By the way, Chacham Faor, I was hoping to mention him today because his Askara was yesterday, 11 months was yesterday. Alam Shalom. Chacham Faor has a very compelling piece. I believe it's in Horizontal Society. In which he explains that Kitve HaKodesh does not mean the holy writings. Rather, Kitve HaKodesh means the Ktavim, the writings which were written and stored and then codified in the Kodesh. What is the Kodesh? Where, which geographic location is called Kodesh? You heard of the Kodesh Kodeshim? Okay, so what's the Kodesh? The Holy of Holies. So where's the Holy? The Ben Mikdash is broken up. In, very good. The Ben Mikdash is broken up into parts, and the the larger part, not the smallest, the Kodesh Kodeshim, but that building is called the Kodesh. Who sits in the Kodesh? Which group of scholars meet in the Temple Mount? It's the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin. Very good. And the Sanhedrin are essentially responsible for for who, who's going to make the cut. You know, uh, Pam mentioned earlier 
that uh, Ben Sirah didn't make the Tanakh cut, but it made the Catholic Bible cut. Who makes those decisions? The Kodesh. The Kodesh. That's the authority that decides which books make the cut. There are, there's then another term called Ruach HaKodesh. Have you heard of Ruach HaKodesh? They call that the Divine Spirit or the Holy Spirit. But that's not what it means according to Chanfawar. Ruach HaKodesh means there are things that are written Be'ruach HaKodesh, meaning they're written in the spirit of the Kodesh. They're written as if they were thought of and, and formulated by the members of the Kodesh. So for example, the story of Purim. Esther and Mordechai write a Megillah. And there's a debate in Talmud, Masechet Megillah. What's the debate over there? What were the rabbis debating regarding Megillah Esther? Do you remember what they were debating? Was it um, if they it should be included in with the Tanakh? Very good, Devarim. That's exactly that. If it should be included, should be incorporated into the Tanakh or not? And ultimately, the rabbis say that Megillat Esther was written beruach hakodesh. It was written through we would translate divine inspiration. Argues Chacham Fa'u. What is Ruach HaKodesh? Ruach HaKodesh is that the words of Esther were written in the same style, in the same holiness, in the same uh, approach as the rest of the writings that were approved of in the Kodesh. And therefore, they were incorporated into what we call Kitvei HaKodesh, the writings of the Kodesh. So there's something to think about. Kohen Gadol, Umanhig Hauma. He was a high priest and he was a leader of the people. He's the eighth generation of the Kohen Gadol, Yehoshua ben Yehotzadak. He was the high priest in the days of the return of the exiles to Zion, which we spoke about in some previous classes. And there are two different uh, Josephus and the Talmud are at odds as to the background of who Shimon HaTzadik really was. By the way, it could be that Ben Sira, who's talking about Shimon HaTzadik, just for the record, it could be that Ben Sira lived later, and he's really referring to Shimon II. There are scholars who've suggested that, and that he's not actually talking about the same Shimon HaTzadik that we're talking about. I'm skipping a few lines. Because of the change of governments that were going on at the time, the Knesset HaGadolah ceased to exist. That was around for all of the Persian Empire. Like says, he was from the remnants of the men of the Great Assembly. And this is where we're picking up the story from everything we read before. There's a story told about him in Masechet Yoma. It's also found in Megillah Ta'anit. Sipru Alav. They tell a story about him. Now, Chacham Avodah Yosef has this story. The reason I'm quoting from the encyclopedia and not from Chacham Avodah Yosef is because Chacham Avodah Yosef's classes were shared with the general population. And he, you know, Chacham Avodah Yosef was a master storyteller. I don't know if you ever heard Chacham Avodah Yosef could tell you a story for 12 minutes straight and you'd be living in his story. I prefer something a little more concise than that. סיפרו עליו שיצא לקראת אלכסנדר מוקדון, שעלה על ירושלים להחריבה. אלכסנדר הגרית, otherwise known in Hebrew as אלכסנדר מוקדון. Why is he called מוקדון? Because he 
Tonight I'm making sure you guys answer questions. Why Mogdon? Very good, he was from Macedonia. My friend is the chief rabbi of Macedonia, and he is Alexander Mogdon. Mogdon is uh, Macedonia. So why is he coming to destroy the Bet Mikdash? Batsat Akutim. Alexander Techila. The Kutim, who, let's call them for this sake, uh, the Samaritans. Talk to me later. And I have a class now in the UK. I gave about this episode in depth. The Samaritans, they lost to Alexander first. Page 867 at the top. And they said a slander about the Jews. They told Alexander the Great that the Jews were trying to rebel against him. Now you should know, the Samaritans and the Jews are bitter enemies, time immemorial in the land of Israel. Today I just received a book of Samaritan literature at home. I, I just ordered it. I was teaching recently about Samaritans and I wanted to look a little more. But there's a sad and tragic history between the Jewish people and the Samaritans. As you know, the Samaritans worship not on the Temple Mount. Rather, they worship in the land of Israel. But where do they worship? Okay, but where? What's the name of their mountain? Hagerizim and Hagerva. That area, that's where the Shomonim are. So they always believed, they believed that the Jews, us, the Pharisees, we deviated from Jewish tradition and we took the temple to Jerusalem. And their whole life has been trying to undermine the centrality of Jerusalem in Judaism. And so they, it was a great opportunity to get the temple in Jerusalem finally destroyed. What did Shimon HaTzadik do? He wore his priestly garments. And he wrapped himself in the headgear of a Kohen Gadol. He came with the dignitaries of Jerusalem. And they all came holding torches of fire. The moment that Alexander saw this huge procession of people dressed with candles and torches, and he sees Shimon HaTzadik, Immediately his reaction, Yarad Kafto, he came off of his either his horse or his chariot, and he bowed down to Shimon Atzadik. His soldiers tell him, A great king like you is gonna bow down to a Jew? What kind of king? Alexander the Great, you're bowing down to some Jew. Amar Lehem, Alexander told him, he says, this image of this person, whenever I'm victorious in war, I see an image of this man in my, in my visions. And this is Shimon HaTzadik, now I see him in real life. Alexander the Great now turns to Shimon HaTzadik, who he recognizes now who he is. He tells him, why did you come? Amru, Shimon HaTzadik answers, Efshar bayit shemitpalilim bo alecha valmalchutecha shalot techarev. Is it possible, Alexander the Great, that the house of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in Jerusalem, which we pray in this house for you and your success and for your victory, that you should allow idol worshippers to trick you into destroying the house of God? Is it possible that a house that exists to pray for you, you're going to come and destroy it because those Samaritans tricked you? Who are those people? Amulo, they told him, Kutim halalu shomdim These Samaritans that are before you. 
אמר להם, הרי הם מסורים בידכם, you can do with them what you want. Unfortunately, this led to a terrible massacre of Samaritans, but that's from my shiur. If you look in the expanding horizon shiur, we discuss that over there. Now, Josephus has a slightly different take on who was Shimon HaTzadik. We end up with Ben Sira over here at the bottom. Let's look at the bottom of page 867 in the right column. The legends of the Talmud glorify the personality of Shimon HaTzadik. And here's another quote now. From the Talmud Masechet Yoma. 40 years that Shimon HaTzadik was the For the 40 years that Shimon HaTzadik was the high priest, the Goral, the lots, would always come on the right. And it would turn white. And the, the uh, um, western candle was always lit. And all of these miracles that happened in the temple, they stood steadfast. And they continued to happen throughout the career of Shimon HaTzadik. Mishev haparot ha'adumot, the Mishnah tells us from the seven red heifers. Why do we need red heifers? What are the red cows good for? To purify. To very good, to purify people in the Bede Mikdash. So from the seven red heifers that were found, Shinasum Ezra ve'elach, that happened in Jewish history from Ezra forward, Shimon HaTzadik Shnayim, Shimon HaTzadik was responsible for two of those, meaning he was double successful in terms of the red heifer than any of his other contemporaries. Skip down a few lines. The first word in the line is Hame'anien. Amar Shimon HaTzadik. Shimon HaTzadik says, Mi'amai lo achalti asham nazir el echad. I never ate the guilt offering of a Nazarite, of a nazir, except for once. Tell me what is, what's going on. What, what is a nazir and why is he bringing a guilt offering? Uh, this, uh, oh, so what is what is a nazir? Tell me what he is. He doesn't drink wine. Doesn't drink wine. He grows his hair. He grows his hair. He's a person who's abstaining from the world. At the end of his time of nazirut, he has to offer an offering in the temple. It's called a, a, a sham, a guilt offering. Shimon Tzadik said his whole life he avoided eating from the guilt offerings that the nazirim brought, except for one person. What's that story? There was once a Nazir that came up from the south of Israel to the Temple Mount. I saw that he had beautiful eyes, he was of good image, he had beautiful curls. I told him, my son, sorry. Why, why would you... I'm trying to hear myself over the power wash that's happening outside. He said, why, why would you come here and try to get rid of those beautiful curls that you have? Amarli, the Nazir told me, says Shimon HaTzadik, I was a shepherd for my father in my city. I went to go uh, fill water from the well, from the spring. I saw my reflection. 
And my yetzahara, my evil inclination took me over. I was so good looking. And he wanted to remove me from this world. He wanted me to do things that would remove me from this world. I told my evil inclination, Rasha, you evil one. Why are you so arrogant, so proud of a world that is not yours? Why are you so proud of this body that one day will be eaten by worms? I swear that I will shave you off for the sake of heaven. I said, I stood up immediately and I kissed this man on his head, this Nazir on his head. I told him, Bni, my son, May there only be more Nezirim like you and the Jewish people. This life of Shimon HaTzadik ends quite tragically. Al-Motosh Shimon HaTzadik Masaparat HaGadah, legend has it, the Haggadah tells us, not legend, the Talmud says, Ota Shana Shemet Shimon HaTzadik Amar Lehen, the year that Shimon HaTzadik was about to pass, he told them, Shana Zohani Met, this year I'm dying. Amulah, they told him, Minaynat HaYodah, Shimon HaTzadik, where do you know, that? how do you know that this year you're going to die? Amar Lehen, Shimon HaTzadik says, says, every year, a man, a being, shows himself to me, appears to me, wearing white clothing, wrapped in white. He enters with me to the Holy of Holies. And he exits with me from the Holy of Holies. This year, when I went to enter the Holy of Holies, this elder man came to me, this old man appeared to me. He was wrapped in black, he was dressed in black. And he entered with me into the Holy of Holies. And he didn't come out from the Holy of Holies with me. And it was only a few days, seven days after the holiday had passed. And Shimon HaTzadik passed from the world. If you wish to look on your own time in Masechet Menachot, page 109, you'll see the terrible fights that happened between the children of Shimon HaTzadik after his death. It's beyond the scope of today's shiur. One day we'll do a shiur on Chachamim. But I was thinking about this today, and I was wondering, what could it be? What is the message of Shimon HaTzadik? What message could he possibly be teaching us from the many that he was? And that led me, curiously enough, to the writings of the Lubavitcher Rebbe Alam Shalom, who I don't quote so often. Very rarely do I even bring a printout, but this is too good of a piece to skip out on. You'll see that the last book that I copied for you there is called Diurim Nipirke Avot. Commentaries on the book of Avot by the Lubavitcher Rebbe. I don't take any responsibility for all of the things written on the cover page. On page 42 of this pamphlet. So it should be your last two pages in the PDF. Rarely do I photocopy books that have my notes in them. So you see where the handwriting is, the star? Go up a few paragraphs. The Lubavitcher Rebbe explains that the essence of a tzaddik is stability. Now, for those who are versed in Kabbalistic literature, 
Tzadik Yisod Olam, Tzadik is the foundation of the world, Yisod, I'm not, I'm not a Kabbalist, but foundation. Tzadik is a steadfast individual, a person of integrity, a person of consistency. And Shimon HaTzadik is that person. What is his whole teaching about? There are three things that the world rests on. There's a foundation to this world. He's dealing, what is that tzaddik? He's dealing with the foundation of the world, stabilizing the world. That's his job as a scholar. He writes the following thing. That this idea that Shimon HaTzadik says, I never in my life, I never in my life ate from the offering of a nazir who came to bring a guilt offering, except for once in my life. This teaching that our rabbis have, that the miracles of the Ben Mikdash were consistent and they were steady. So we know, we said tzaddik, righteousness, steadiness, consistency. Those are character traits that he's bringing to the temple. The temple is stable because he's a stable leader. So what's his aversion to nazirim? What is aversion to these people? His problem is exactly that. Shimon HaTzadik is a stable individual. And he has a very hard time dealing with the instability that Nizirim have. One day they see something and they declare themselves Nizirim. They grow their hair wild, they don't drink, they don't eat. That. And then another day, 30 days later, they're busy cutting their hair, regretting, it's a guilt offering. No, it's an offering of regret for the things that I did until now. It's an asham. Look at this right above my star, three lines up. Nazir Shenoder, a Nazarite who makes these kind of vows, and then he reneges on his promise, he's a, um, there's a word in English, a wishy-washy person, an unstable individual. His behavior changes. And Shimon HaTzadik, he changed the issue of Shimon HaTzadik was that person who could not eat from the food of a person who wasn't stable, who wasn't full of integrity, who was not consistent. And I think that this really makes sense, that Shimon HaTzadik was the final of a kind, he was the end of a generation. Danchei Knesset HaGidolah took the chaos that was the Jewish community. The Jewish world was chaotic. And they standardized it. They codified things for us. They set standards of Jewish practice, Jewish prayer. They wrote blessings. They wrote the Siddur. They wrote all of the different holy things that we say. They gave the Jewish world stability. Shimon HaTzadik in his 40 years of his career made sure that he, even though he was the last one, that he kept the Jewish people stable. So much so that the temple itself was influenced by the stable, consistent nature of Shimon HaTzadik. Shimon HaTzadik therefore refrains from anything which smells of instability, of inconsistency. And that's why aside from this one righteous man, he never ate food from a Nazir. And that's why after Shimon HaTzadik passes away, the Jewish world enters a whole new arena of chaos, beginning with his own family. His own children begin to fight over who should become the next high priest. One of them ends up fleeing to another country, where he opens up a house of worship for idols and becomes one of the great leaders of idol worship in a different place. From Shimon HaTzadik. Because when Shimon HaTzadik leaves us, that stability falls away. And now the Jewish world is back in a chaotic place. 
I think that in the Jewish world that we live in today, stability is frowned upon. Yes, journeying is necessary. Always being on a path of growth is necessary. But that's stable. We live in a Jewish world where everybody, everybody does all kinds of things. They don't think before they do them. They don't study before they take on practices. They're not educated. People, whatever they tell them to do on WhatsApp, they, that's the new minhag. They're going to do it also. Jewish world, one of my colleagues was a member of Knesset. I mentioned Knesset before, I'm going to end with a member who was a Tabikham in the Knesset. It didn't work for him. He said, the Jewish people, they're like, the, you know when you sweep on the floor? And sometimes you sweep the dust this way, and then somebody walks by and it blows the dust that way. Unfortunately, there are people that their whole nature is, the winds blow them in whichever direction the world takes them, they go. It's important to be a tzaddik, to be like Shimon a tzaddik, is to be a stable person. What I mean by stable? It doesn't make a difference what the world says. It doesn't make a difference what's popular, what is not popular, what people have decided is correct or incorrect. It doesn't even make a difference what the Jewish world is doing. This week they're baking chalot in the shape of a key. Next week it's going to be the shape of a chamsa. And who knows next week what it's going to be. It doesn't make a difference what the whole world is doing. You're on a path. You know what you're doing. You believe in HaKadosh Baruch You study the Tanakh. You've learned the Rambams of the Torah. You're following the halachot that are written in Shulchan don't let anyone push you off this path. Because the moment the Jewish people begin to move around like a broom, the moment that tzatzkut, righteousness, the stability of righteousness, disappears from the world, the Jewish world will enter a whole new level of chaos. And that's what we're going to discuss tomorrow. Antignos Ish Soho. He's one of our first chachamim, if not the first. What kind of name does he have? Antignos Ish Soho. What kind of name is Antignos for a Jewish boy? He's one of our greatest sages. But he's named? He's named with, with, a, with, a, with a non-Jewish name. And that begins a whole new world of Jews that are living in the midst of a culture that is not theirs. That's already for tomorrow night's Jewish.